All right. Tonight is unit five, chapter three with the immune system. So I'm pretty excited about this one because uh, the immune system covers a lot more, I think, than we are led to believe, you know, you or not, not led to believe necessarily, but just kind of like you think, oh, the common cold, but the immune system has a lot of functions in our body and, and there's a lot that plays into it. Can you guys hear me all right with the microphone kind of far away? Okay. Just cause then I have room to put the book in front of me and it doesn't like flap the pages when I turn it. So, okay. So with, uh, with somebody who has a weakened immune system, no shock is much more vulnerable to any uh, illness and disease. So the goal, of course, would be to have a stronger immune system. This is just kind of the logic. And we all know you have cardiovascular systems, you have musculoskeletal systems, you know, and all these things we've been talking about, there's ways to build up these systems. And you think, okay, um, cardiovascular system, I can exercise that helps to strengthen my cardiovascular system. And I can eat healthy foods that are good for my blood and that helps us strengthen my cardiovascular system or I can drink alcohol or smoke or things that are poor and have a bad effect on my cardiovascular system. These are generally recognized things. Now, no shock that the immune system is in your body just the same way. There's things you can do. Andrea, you freezing up. No, I'm tethered to the phone. So I thought it would be Perfect. Let me make sure it's tethered to the phone. Maybe it, nope, it connected to the house for some reason. That would be why. It might kick me off. We'll see. Why can you not connect to this network? It's right there. might need to disconnect from the house in order to we'll see what happens all right i i'm switched over so we'll see if it uh sorry for um everyone on the replay that you just had a silence <laughs> or if you're watching the video you just saw me staring at my screen blankly. Okay. So, um, no surprise that, let me know if I freeze up again. Cause I did not even see you guys freezing at all. Although I was kind it's of already wild. better. It's already okay. Better. Okay. Sweet. Thank you. So no surprise that your immune system can be strengthened and can be weakened. It's kind of bizarre to say that at this point in time where we're at, that is now a political statement. I'm not saying it like a political statement. I'm just telling you, you have a body system. It's mechanical. It's electrical. It's physical. It's in your body. You can see it. It exists. You can measure it and you can improve it and you can worsen it just like any other system. I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm not trying to prove a point. I'm just saying that's a fact. <laughs> It's weird to me that in order to market and sell a product, we have been actually seeing doctors say 
on, you know, platforms like Twitter or um, Twitter or TikTok or whatever say, there's nothing you can do to strengthen your immune system. Forget about it. Stop talking about it. And if somebody said that about the musculoskeletal system, you know, every bodybuilder in the world would be jumping up and down screaming, excuse me, <laughs> what have I been doing for 12 hours a day? You know, yes, you can improve your musculoskeletal system because your immune system is something a little bit harder to see and to see the effect of. I think, um, in the mass marketing industry, they're able to get away with saying things like that to somebody who's never educated themselves on a body, body system and just says, wow, I guess I can't do anything to improve or harm my immune system. I will just carry on eating Twinkies and pop tarts and bagels and not doing anything. Right. So a bodies with a strong immune system is less impacted when illness and disease strikes. And just so everybody knows I'm not trying to make a political statement, let me go ahead and check this book. This fourth printing of this book was published in 2018. It was originally written in 2008 and the fourth printing was in 2018. Okay. I'm reading something else, you know, two and a half years ago, three years ago. And I don't want you to think I'm trying to, um, make you think a certain way. I'm just telling you facts about your body. <laughs> So our body does have um, an ability to fight against invaders. So that's pretty remarkable. However, your body does have to be operating at peak performance. When you hear somebody say, I have a compromised immune system, don't just roll your eyes and shake your head. No, that's actually a totally fair statement. And if they know that about themselves, that's wise. And they probably take extra steps to protect themselves, generally speaking, all the time, not just during certain waves of um, political pressure, but all the time, their whole lives, they probably have taken steps to protect themselves from, um, from anything. For instance, one of our babysitters had a um, compromised immune system. And so you know, I always would let, uh, she's the only person who really babysat for us, but I would always have let somebody know if I thought anything was coming up in any of my kids only because as the second oldest of a homeschool family, I was asked to babysit a lot by other people. And, um, that means you show up to someone's house and they're like, Hey, my kids, you know, they, they've been throwing up all night, by the way, as they run out the door, the, the, but they haven't thrown up since seven o'clock this morning. That was almost an hour ago. And their fever is practically down to 102. So they're basically, I think that they're probably not contagious anymore. And you're just like, you what? And then they're like, bye. I don't have a cell phone, by the way. And you're like, aha, don't leave me here. And then I have your six naughty puking kids to deal with. Okay. So I would always tell somebody, but I was super sensitive with her. I would call her and be like, I don't know. They sneezed yesterday. What do you think? And so then she would make the call on if she wanted to come or not, because she knew she had just a more fragile immune system due to a negative experience with a pharmaceutical product. So she had to be very cautious and, um, take extra care of herself ever since that damage happened to her body. It was damaged specifically to her immune system, which is why she knew that she had compromised immune system. So it's a complicated system, but the way it, it kind of like our military, it's complicated, but the goal is pretty simple. 
protect the coast, <laughs> right? Land, sea, air. <laughs> Thanks, Elaine. Um, but, you know, protect us from invaders and fight the bad guys if they happen to show up on our turf. And um, so, so they seek and destroy any harmful foreign invaders. And remember, an immune system can go haywire and think that's something that, you know, you would say is fine. I don't know, pollen. It will say pollen is a foreign invader. And that's um, a little bit of a different conversation. But anyways, so cells that our immune system does not recognize, which includes um, cells that were once good, but are now worn out, used up, you know, just like you, when you're cleaning, you're like, Hey, this box was fantastic when it delivered my amazing, um, Pilates workout ring. And now the box is useless to me. So I'm going to go rip it into little pieces and burn it in the wood stove. Right. It was, it, it served a purpose. Now it's done. <laughs> so these, uh, in invaders are usually referred to as pathogens, which means they create disease. This includes bacteria, viruses, fungi, pollen, toxic pollutants, cancer cells, old dead cells, waste products that were not previously eliminated. If you remember from the respiratory system class, um, pathogens can be breathed in through our nose. And remember from the, what is the word? Your skin system? <laughs> Always forget. Um, but your, you can also have invaders come in through your skin. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. I don't know if I should mute it or not, but I don't know if I'm actually going to sneeze. Super weird. Okay. <laughs> when I sneeze, it's more of a surprise than anything else. So, all right. So we can breathe them in. We can absorb them through our skin. Um, and there can be mutated cells, waste material that our body's not able to eliminate that then your immune system has to go ahead and tackle. So our innate immune system is our body's first way of getting rid of a pathogen. So it has a certain response to defend against infection, but it does not create a lasting immunity or defense to the pathogen like an adaptive immune system does. So inflammation is one of those first thing, everybody's experienced that. <laughs> um, at some point in our body, we've all experienced inflammation. Sometimes you can point to it and see it. Um, but that's the first response to an infection or an irritation. So here's a little example, an ingrown hair. That's an irritation and your body creates inflammation. So the injured cells release a chemical and that triggers the inflammation response, which tries to keep the pathogens from spreading, you know, so you only lose one finger, right? Instead of your whole arm and that promotes healing of the damaged cells. Once the pathogens are removed, or I should say you only lose your finger rather than getting uh, like a blood infection and <laughs> losing your, you know, body. <laughs> so chemicals, um, at the side of your infection, they sensitize your pain receptors. So have you ever had like one of those fingernail things that like goes down the side of your fingernail? I don't know why, but this is like the example I'm thinking of. I feel like it's so relevant and your finger is sort of like red and just tender and you forget about it until you whack it really gently on something You're like, ow, right? Whereas your other hand, you can, you know, crack it on the table. And you're like, it's fine. This is fine. Right? So that's your sensitized pain receptors. It widens nearby blood vessels. So you've got like this big puffy red, um, and it attracts white blood cells. It, so a, the way to recognize inflammation 
that you can see physically is redness, heat, swelling, pain, and possible dysfunction of the organs or tissues involved. Not always something that you can see. Something that happens inside your body. Some people have an inflammation and don't even know it. Some people are just so used to living in pain that they don't even realize that they're living in pain. As weird as that sounds. So your white blood cells attack the foreign invaders. So they either eat them, <laughs> gross, or they produce antibodies, which kill the pathogens. Brave little antibodies. So your, your white blood cells are different than your red blood cells. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's weird. And most of your body cells, because they're not attached to, they're not tied down to a specific organ or tissue. They can literally move throughout your whole body. They are made in the thymus, spleen, and bone marrow. And they're stored in clumps of tissue called lymph nodes. So there's different types of white blood cells. There's phagocytes. And these are your primary responder in that innate immune system. And they are the ones that eat the pathogens. I don't know why, but that sounds really gross to me. Then you have lymphocytes. These are the primary responders in your adaptive immune system. This is where you're building an actual immunity to a specific pathogen. So they help your immune system to identify or to destroy a pathogen. And then they remember and they recognize when the same thing shows up again. So they've got that, you know, that adaptive knowledge. They identify and mark the pathogens. Then the phagocytes can show up and eat them. <laughs> All right. So phagocyte, phagocyte, I don't actually know how to say it, but it means cells that eat. Um, mom, that, uh, prefix P H A G I it's in a lot of other words. If anybody thinks of any, put them in the, um, the Greek word, literally modern day Greek word for eating. So like, if you think of phaye Greek yogurt, it's eat to eat. So it means to eat. Some of the, so am I pronouncing this wrong? Is it like phagocyte? <laughs> yeah, it's actually more of a guttural G than a phagocyte. It's phagocyte, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a glottal stop, phagocyte, <laughs> phagocyte. Yeah, it's, it's, we used to do drills on how to say some of the letters in the Greek language because they're different, different sounds than. Right. Uh, yeah. And if you don't grow up, if you don't hear um, specific phonemes before the age of six months, you literally can never pronounce them with native fluency uh, there. And it cannot be heard over a recording. It has to be a live person. It's very fascinating. Oh, well, I suppose that can be our next series all about language. <laughs> there is a podcast, by the way, called the history of the English language it is fascinating. I can't even hear a word now without thinking about, Ooh, that is from middle English. Like, Oh, that's a leftover from old English. <laughs> this podcast gets in your head. Okay. So we have the inflammatory response, um, initiated due to the invading pathogen. So then the chemicals released, um, call for the phagocytes. It really don't know how to say this to come up and eat the pathogens. These phagocytes engulf the pathogens and then they release the chemicals that cause the pathogen to be digested. This is um, directly from Deborah Rayburn's book, Nutrition 101. So 
Uh, the adaptive immune system, this is specialized cells and processes that eliminate pathogens. So this is different. So these adaptive immune responses train the immune system to recognize and remember the pathogens. So it gets programmed in. Um, and then the next time that pathogen shows up, it's a quicker job because now we don't have to go through the, where were you on the night of the 32nd? And you look like you have the smoking gun. We don't have to ask the questions of the invaders anymore. We're like, I remember you last time that B and E. Well, now I know who you are and I don't even have to ask you questions. I've got your fingerprints on file. I'm taking you right to the police station. Right? So the main responders in the adaptive immune system are white blood cells, and these are called lymphocytes. So these are the small round white blood cells that instead of eating a pathogen, they're like, no, that's grunt work. They identify pathogens and they create antibodies to destroy them. So lymphocytes are your detective inspectors and the uh, phagocytes are your actual Bobby's on the ground. <laughs> Too much of the Endeavor show, right? I suppose that's the British term. So that would be your, you know, just detectives versus like beat cop. <laughs> All right. So our antibodies help our immune system to remember and recognize them, the pathogens. And you have two types of lymphocytes, T cells and B cells, and they both play a different role. But I'm not going to go into detail on that right now. Let's jump straight to the lymphatic system. So our immune system has actually its own network. So there's, I don't know, I don't, do not know why I can't stop thinking of things like this, but you know, you have, you know, the army, the military, that's your, your muscular system and your circulatory system. Right. And then your immune system is like, yes, but we have our own secret network of spies and that's your lymphatic system. It has its own, own, um, operating system. However, it does not have funding like your circulatory system has the heart pumping out money from the mint nonstop. <laughs> immune system doesn't have that, right? It doesn't have anything to move it, the fluid through your body. So how does it work? So there's a network of lymph vessels, organs, ducts, and nodes that run throughout our body. These go through every organ of our body except one. Um, anybody can guess it and put it in the comments. A hint, Hercule Poirot and the little gray cells. <laughs> so the job of your um, lymphatic system is to collect and return the fluid surrounding cells called interstitial fluid. This, um, its job is to absorb and transport fatty acids and fats to the circulatory system and to transport, transport those lymphocytes to lymph nodes where the immune responses are initiated. And yes, the one organ it doesn't travel to is your brain. Lymph vessels carry the watery fluid, which is called lymph. <laughs> Who wants to look up lymph and see what this word means specifically? Um, this lymph is formed when the interstitial fluid enters the lymph vessels through filtration. So, then using this interstitial fluid, um, that's the vehicle traveling on the highway, the lymphatic highway. It's what carries all the nutrients from the blood to the cells and then takes it loads back up very efficient and takes the waste away from the cells. So the lymphatic system, as I said it before, doesn't have a pump 
the only way lymph fluid moves through your body is through movement. So your muscles basically propel it through. That's why people, you can sit for a long time and get swollen legs because nothing's moving the lymphatic fluid through. It's just dangling there. Um, and that's why you can do these amazing things called lymphatic pumps. Literally, I think the, the simplest, free, freest, most free, literally zero dollars, um, simplest, easiest, most basic technique, which you can literally learn from YouTube and um, indispensable with taking care of children and taking care of yourself. Um, whenever Jacob had his six year molars come in and he got an ear infection, I was doing the lymphatic pump from his skull down, um, to keep the, the lymph fluid from the inflammation flowing. And it happened during the worst blizzard that our area has seen since 1994. And everywhere we called said that they were closed and they didn't even think that the risk was worth it to try to drive in. So we just had to tackle everything we could at home. So we did, you know, you name it, you know, tons of raindrops and all the oils on all the ointments on and things like that. The lymphatic, stimulation, lymphatic pumps, hot, cold, all of those sorts of things. And, um, totally went away when we did finally get the roads cleared up when we went in, she said, I, whatever you did was perfect. This looks beautiful. So lymph in physiology means a colorless fluid containing white blood cells, which bathes the tissues and drains through the lymphatic system into the bloodstream, bathes the tissues. I love that literary. It means pure water. Huh? I didn't really realize it had like a literary use. Fascinating. All right. So our lymph nodes are actually organs. These are made up of lymphoid tissue. <laughs> this word is wonderful. Um, the lymphoid tissue is where the lymphocytes are housed and they filter out the destroyed pathogens, the bad guys and the foreign particles from the lymph, the fluid. So your lymph nodes can expand and become swollen during infections. Everybody's, you've heard somebody say like, oh no, my lymph nodes are swollen, right? And I'm putting my hand on my neck because it's usually the one that we're like seeing, right? Although you do have a, a couple areas, I, I don't think she states it here, but um, a couple areas where the lymph nodes are kind of housed, like your lymphatic fluid flows everywhere just under the surface of your skin. But I, I think it's behind your knees. I think it's inside your elbow. It's around close to your kidneys. I think, um, on your neck, if anybody knows elsewise, then let me know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. In your armpits. Yep. That's a major, major one, especially with, um, remember I said that, we can absorb toxins through our skin. And most of us grew up using, um, heavily toxic, um, deodorants, which are just basically being slathered over our lymph system. And so of course getting transported throughout the body. So, um, infections can be caused by numerous things, anything ranging from just a simple virus to cancer cell 
And when your lymph nodes are swollen or clogged, the lymph has nowhere to go. It backs up and this is called edema. Um, one thing actually Elaine mentioned this last week, you can get a rebounder to, um, move and stimulate lymph fluid moving through your body. Of course, cupping, you can do cupping. I've actually done cupping in my armpit. Um, you can do, like I said, the lymphatic pump and, and, um, I had, uh, lymph lymphatic. I, I don't know what the actual term is. Like if you sign up for calling, it was with Nicole, but like a lymphatic drainage session or whatever. And she said to actually do the full thing takes about two and a half hours, but she said there's a specific training you would do to do it for cancer patients. Because if you do lymph stimulation on somebody with cancer, you can actually promote metastasize, metastasization, metastasize, <laughs> you can promote it metastasizing throughout the body by sending it through the lymphatic tissue. So there's a very specific training for it, but she said, um, you, she's had some patients where their legs are so swollen and she does this lymph drainage on them. And she says, you literally watch their legs shrink before your eyes to half the size is so phenomenal, but the touch is so light, very, very light. Um, almost like just brushing the hairs in a way, because if you, what you want to do is stimulate the movement of the lymph fluid, right? If you press hard, you're actually just compressing the lymph can't get through. And now it's, it's too much tension. So she does the most fascinating thing. And you have to look on YouTube to watch these and, and find somebody and do them to each other. Cause it's so good for your um, immune system, but she actually, she creates tension with her hand and lets it spring back. So again, she says, don't put on oils before this. Cause you want the tautness of your skin. And then she has a couple different steps that she does. Then after that, promoting it up, she, they all have different names and things like that. And then follow up in the end with applying topically the oils of your choice, anything that's good for promoting lymphatic stimulation, like grapefruit or cypress, things like that. So, um, our lymphatic system also includes some structures that are dedicated to the production of lymphocytes. So as mentioned before, that's your spleen, um, your thymus gland, then of course, bone marrow, um, is a part of your lymphatic system and lymphoid tissue in your digestive system. Then there's, this is interesting to me. Um, other important lymphoid tissue includes the appendix, which is known as like the forgotten, like, why is that there? The tonsils popularly removed the adenoid also removed and payers patches. I have no idea what that is. If anybody knows, you have to tell me. Um, I remember once when I was a kid, I said something to the dentist about like, Oh, you know, don't like, why, why wouldn't, wouldn't people take out people's tonsils if they get a sore throat all the time. And he said, no, you need that to produce white blood cells. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I just like, what? <laughs> Um, Elaine said, I have had three out of four removed. What? Wow. So you really need to do all the lymphatic promotion that you can, I suppose. Like, um, you know, lymphatic stimulation isn't producing lymphocytes. It's, I mean, it sounds like your body wisely has a number of areas, um, to produce it, but, um, then your thymus gland, this is really important. So it orchestrates the workings of the immune system. This is in your neck tucked behind the top of the collarbone. It's, it starts out big and robust and it does um, get smaller with age. 
when your child is born, the thymus is bigger than their heart. I did not know this. I had no idea. Like what? <laughs> what? Um, and then it starts to shrink at puberty. And by the time you're 60, it's about the size of a walnut. And then this correlates with the decline of our immune system. And one reason why we say people are more prone to illness as they get older. So um, the reduction in the function of the immune system is one of the most visible signs of aging. So of course, what do we do? You know, do all the things that promote a healthy immune system. Payers, patches, Elaine, look this up for us, are small masses of lymphatic tissue found throughout the ileum region of the small intestine. Wow. All connected to the digestive and the hormone system, isn't it? Also known as aggregated lymphoid nodules. They form an important part of the immune system by monitoring intestinal bacteria populations and preventing the growth of pathogenic bacteria in the intestines. Hmm, I love it. I mean, we all know that your immune system is 90% controlled by your gut. <laughs> I want to say it's 90%, it might be 80%, but it's about 90% controlled by your gut. Um, stress really cuts down on our ability to fight um, any kind of pathogen. So stress burns up our nutrients. And when our body is out of nutrients, um, it, it doesn't just doesn't run as well. And one of the first systems that's affected is our immune system. So people who are under a lot of stress, they feel tired. They get sick more often, which stresses them out even more and makes them even more tired. Um, did anybody see the, um, some comedian, I don't remember his name, but he said, it's not fair. You know, when I have no money in the bank and then I get a, a fine because I'm below a certain amount of money. And then I try to buy something and don't have enough money. So they get a fine again. And so I'm getting charged because I don't have enough money. And he goes, and if you have a lot of money in the bank, your money sits in the bank and they're like, well, thank you for having your money in the bank. We'll give you more money. Thank you. All right. You have a lot of money in the bank. We'll give you even more money. You know, so you get extra bonuses for having so much money in the bank. And he's like, it's not fair. So your immune system is kind of like that. You know, your immune system is already shot. So now you get another fine. Now you're tired. So now your immune system's super shot. So now you get another fine, you get sick and now you're really shot and you get another fine and now you're sick again with something else. Whereas if your immune system is really functioning at a high optimum capacity, your body just compounds the goodness over goodness. So you are your own bank account. So if you're in a stressful circumstance, um, I would also say people really super aware of people in stressful jobs. Gary and I have found we have to be super attentive to what he eats and his, just because his job is constant stress and emotional draining. And so we really have to avoid anything. He basically has to eat gaps all the time or his energy and everything just tanks. So, um, it's really important to eat healthy food and refrain from skipping meals, which <laughs> if you're in a stressful situation, just telling you that might be stressing you out even more. Cause you're like, great, great. How am I supposed to get three meals? And I already am lucky if I can even get one. I'm so stressed out. And then that meal is not even that good because I don't have much time. I'm so stressed out. Right. So again, the people with the less amount of money in the bank are getting dinged again and again for not having it in the bank. Right. But, um, you know, that is part of where the village needs to come in to help each other. Our, our bodies are made to be co-independent and survive, you know, with Elaine making all of us Greek food. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> and Claudia making the empanadas. Nonstop, please. 
<laughs> I'm ready. So, and calling lattes, I, I, I'm just, just ready for them. So, um, air and water. I, I, th those are two things that are so basic to our existence that they are underplayed. Uh, I've heard the saying many times that nobody in America knows how to breathe and it's absolutely true. So getting fresh air is important. Uh, if you live in the area or come near the area, I invite you to get fresh air here. <laughs> it does smell beautiful. And you realize when you drive back into the city, wow. I think to myself, oh my gosh, this, it does smell different. You know, it just, it smells like hot pavement and, and car fuels and things like that. Just different. Um, clean water, of course. Uh, there's different filters you can get, really good filters. Um, a Brita filter is not going to probably cut the mustard or the, in this case, probably not going to cut the Monsanto, but um, a good filter, good water, you know, uh, free radicals in the pollutants in the air have to be neutralized with antioxidant rich foods or supplements. Also keep a diffuser running if you can, just to help neutralize those pollutants in the air. Uh, the average home is seven to 10 times more polluted than outside air. So you walk around outside and you think, wow, this air is really bad. You walk inside, it's worse. <laughs> the average home and people even plug in little poison dispensers. I had tons of them um, dispensing poison throughout my house house just to make sure that if I was starting to feel better, I could walk in the room, get a deep whiff of clean linen poison and feel crappy again. <laughs> I mean, that's just how I, I didn't know. So whenever possible, let in fresh air, even on cold days, it's a good idea to let in fresh air and then drink lots of pure water. I have been pretty bad about this. I'm not sure why, because we literally have phenomenal water out here. You can drink straight out of the tap, which I've never had before. Um, it's wonderful well water. And um, we also have a big Berkey that I fill and I got a gigantic tumbler for Christmas that I am trying to pay attention to how much water I drink lately. And it is not very much at all. <laughs> like probably not even literally Colin's drinking water right now. Things make me feel bad about myself, <laughs> but it's, um, not even enough water. It's like, and Elaine's now drinking water. Is everybody drinking water? Mom and Camille with your cameras off. Are you guys drinking water too? Great. Claudia, are you drinking water? No, no, I need to drink more. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> So do I. And remember when we talked on the cleanse, um, a couple of people said, uh, I think Elaine said specifically, if you think you drink a lot of water, drink more. Well, I don't think I drink a lot of water. And so imagine me on the liver. Hey, Bella, come here. <laughs> no, no, don't do that, Bella. <laughs> What's the dog doing, Camille? <laughs> well, you know, I just got her in from uh, fighting a raccoon and she's got a cut under her eye. What? <laughs> yes i so so i was telling her not to rub it because she wants to rub her eye because the cut underneath it of course yeah animals always know how much water they need to drink and they're always uh elaine every time you say immune system everyone drink water oh you know you guys what do you I, <laughs> i've made i've made one of these for the uh, the literary podcast because they always joked about it and mm -hmm. i made a bingo so you know um you know, whenever Cindy has a super long commonplace quote, you know, bingo for that. You know what I mean? Um, 
And then they also have this thing where they say, you know, every time Cindy says Charlotte Mason, take a shot. Every time Angelina says fairy tales, take a shot, you know? So we need to make one, <laughs> one for our Zoom calls, you know? Um, yeah, every time we say immune system, take a shot of water. <laughs> immune system, I just wanna see if it works. Nobody's drinking water. Yeah, we should do that. Every Zoom call. Every Zoom call. Yes, I think we should come up with some fun things to do for that. Oh, where's Sabrina? Hold up. Where's Sabrina, you guys? I don't know. What in the she world? She posted something earlier about the sale. Hmm. Well, that's good because I forgot and I didn't. I need to go on and order those drops because, hello, we're drinking water. <laughs> those vitality drops come out today. What are the flavors? I mean, if we're going to not be posting a million times a day, I suppose Zoom calls will also turn into updating us on all the things. Okay, Elaine's going to pull it up. Um, Elaine, I'm just going to start calling you Q, actually. So Q's going to pull it up. <laughs> I've been called worse, I have to say. I think Q is cute. A Q is all right with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to a little... Oh, I, I met James Bond. I don't know if anybody thought I was trying to be political again. I didn't mean that. I met James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> there's a spearmint spearmint something flavor spearmint berry or spe and that yeah they like were good one of them is berry something and one of them is spearmint something and i remember one of them jade had lemon berry stop it did you just wait jade what? lemon berry okay oh yeah one yeah, was jade, jade lemon, lemon berry that's yeah. it berry and one how is many times have i said jade lemon is my favorite oil to drink i they thought of you as soon as i saw it they made this work thank you colleen Sent my request to Gary and he never fails. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm so excited. I got, are we limited on how many we can order? Well, I have yeah. two accounts, so. You should be fine with the limits. Hang on. I'm going to tell you there is like lemon berry and spearmint tangerine. And there's a combo pack. There's a combo oh, pack. Yeah, has the combo is always a better deal. Limit two. I, I don't know. They looked both about the same. Oh, good. I and I really can get that, the good thing about a combo pack is you can get more SKUs. So you can get the combo pack and the singles. Get a little bit more. And there's a Life 9 bundle. What? Yeah. Wait, oh, What's in the Life 9 bundle? There's Life three nine. packs or? <laughs> Life 9. Oh, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't being funny. Life 9, one each of the bottles and a bottle of peppermint. There's a limit of two on those. The four packs have a limit of three. This bundle is literally, yeah. literally curated for this Zoom call. And the three packs have a limit of three. So you could like do all the packs and you do have enough for like the next two yeah. years. That's what I know. Well, have you seen how fast we go through it? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Gary takes him in his car. I have him in my car and then we have him in the house and they're just really yummy. So yeah, if you're struggling with drinking water, that there you go. The Young Living Vitality Drops. I think I've seen drinking drops kind of like as a popular thing. Um, so I'm glad Young Living came out with them because, oh my gosh, have you seen some of the ingredients? Like just don't drink water at all. If you're going to drink some of the drops that are out there, they're gross. Okay. There's immune suppressing foods out there. No, literally Elaine, that packet is made for this class. The life nine for your gut and the peppermint. Hello, magic. And then the drops. That's crazy. So immune suppressing foods. You may have been told on Twitter that there is no such thing. So, 
you know what Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you see on the internet. All right. (laughs) (laughs) He's way ahead of his time. Yeah, a man ahead of his time. (laughs) So foods that suppress our immune system. Um, what do, when people are feeling under the weather and they're tired and their immune system is shot and they have to go to work or they have to do the thing, what do they do? They drive through where the coffee shop and what do they get? Caffeine and sugar. And what tanks your immune system faster than anything else? Caffeine and sugar. Caffeine and sugar. Again, that vicious cycle, you know, now you're, now you're doing that, 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 um, rent a check thing. What is it? Check advance. Now you're doing a check advance, right? That's your caffeine, okay. So you're out of money. You got dinged. Your immune system is tanking. It's going downhill fast. So you go and you get an advance on your check with caffeine and sugar, which boosts your bank account for like two hours. And then guess what? The interest. You get hit 10 times harder and it's, it's even worse than it was before. Okay. Caffeine and excess, it raises our cortisol levels. I know for, for me personally, I'm super hypersensitive to this um, because cortisol, Camila, I can't mute you, but can you mute your um, mic? Um, just cause the, uh, there was like a rustling sound. Um, so cortisol is basically your body's language for stress, right? Cortisol is stress. And, um, so when I drink coffee or anything with caffeine and even black tea does this to me, especially if I have a lot of it, um, then I start to have basically feels like anxiety, my heart, like thudding. And just like, I feel worried about something, but I couldn't tell you what it is. And I think rationally, well, there's nothing really to be worried about, but I don't know. I just feel a high level of anxiety or worry. So for me, that's the experience that that heightened level of cortisol produces in my body. A slight increase in sustained cortisol levels, says Deborah Rayburn, may compromise the immune system for up to 18 hours. Let me tell you something interesting about the study that I actually listened to a talk about this study on a completely different podcast that had nothing to do with this. It was a podcast about like your mind. It wasn't a nutrition podcast. And I heard it over a year ago. And she said, the reason why it can compromise the immune system for up to 18 hours is because that's the longest the study has ever been. And the level of compromise never dropped during those 18 hours. So it's probably longer. Same goes for sugar. It's probably longer. We just don't even know how long it goes because they've never found the end of it. So it can 18 hours or more. (laughs) It could be days. We don't even know. So again, remember when the, um, the, the, uh, craze that swept America last year, I, don't think I can say the name on the air, but um, the craze of South America last year, all of 2020, um, what were people going and doing, buying packets of junk food? And I just, every time I saw one, I thought, well, eat one of those and you've got a solid 24 hours plus of your immune system being shot to hell. And then you're going to have the next one for breakfast before your immune system even has time to like try to drag its, you know, bloody bruised face back up off the floor and get back to work. It just makes me feel so bad. Also, I do it to myself. I'm not just saying other people do it. Like I totally do this to myself. And I know I get the feeling. And if you've ever noticed, 
right after Halloween, just watch your like social media feeds a couple of days after Halloween, everybody's kids are sick because they've now been just tanking themselves on their immune system on the sugar. And the same will happen around Christmas time. Everybody gets sick all of December. And what are they doing? Eating those little packets of, you know, the little paper cupcake packs of, um, cookies and go, you know, I guess nobody's, <laughs> there weren't a lot of Christmas parties last year, but I remember when I worked in an office all of December, everybody had so much junk food coming into their house that they were bringing it to the office. Cause you know, try to spread the love as it were. So there is every time you walked in the office, there's a coffee table there and there's, you know, donuts and brownies and bagels and um, all kinds of cookies, homemade cookies, candies, nougats, things like that. You know, it's just a constant barrage of it. And, um, of course your brain says, Oh my gosh, sugar. We, we might, you know, sh- honey, honey is hard to get. You got to climb a freaking tree. You get bee stings. Like if you see sugar, consume it because you need it. Right. So our body wants us to eat the sugar, but you know, it's only because it's supposed to be so spare. So antibiotics, let's talk about that. Um, every, everybody, everybody, every doctor will tell you that, um, everybody went overboard on antibiotics for a long time there. So they, they may destroy harmful bacteria, which is the goal. Obviously there's people who would not be alive today if it weren't for an antibiotic, but they also destroy the beneficial bacteria in our gut. What you have to do is weigh the um, pros and cons. And I don't think the cons are talked about enough. Let's talk about this for one second and then I'll, we'll talk about pros and cons for one second. So a big percentage of your immune system, the, the bulk of your immune system resides in your intestines in the form of billions of healthy bacteria. These feed on bad bacteria and excess fungus and yeast. You want that bacteria. Remember that for years, decades, we've had what Sandra Katz calls the war on bacteria. Um, he wrote ah, this book right in front of me, my um, one of my uh, favorite books for the kitchen called The Art of Fermentation. Um, I love that book. I bought the first edition like before it came out. And then after it came out, I bought another one so that I could have one to write in. <laughs> So, um, when your good bacteria is destroyed, the fragile balance in your intestines is compromised. Let me tell you, it doesn't take much to compromise that, that balance. And then, um, so, so pros and cons, let's talk about that for just a second. I don't think this is presented often enough when, um, we are offered antibiotics as a solution to something. Um, when Jacob had a little bit of mouth work, dental work done. The doctor told me, uh, I'll give you a prescription for an antibiotic he can take in advance of it, but you don't really need to. He was like, you don't really need to take it. It's just kind of like, I'm just giving you the prescription because people want it. I said, okay. So then I went and the, whatever the lady that checks you out or whatever said, okay, here's a prescription. I was like, oh, well, yeah. He said, I don't, you know, and she goes, what? Of course he needs to take it. I was like, well, I don't know. The doctor said he doesn't really need to. So we did, um, hold on, let me pause the recording. So we didn't do the antibiotics and everything was fine. And the doctor was right. It worked out fantastic. It was very simple, quick, easy under like one minute in the chair. And, um, 
and we did all of our preventative techniques that I told you when I <laughs> paused the recording. But um, the reason why we weighed our options and decided not to is because the um, the level of damage that that round of antibiotics would have done to Jacob's gut system would take me. This was a year, two year, two years ago, I think. It would he would be driving and in high school before I was able, I would have been able to restore his gut system back to where it was when that started. It takes seven years to recover from antibiotics. I've seen different numbers out there, but I tend to go with whatever sounds like I need to do the most work because um, you know, I don't want to underestimate. And so if I was in a life or death situation, I'd be like, without a question. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Elaine, for the update. Without a question, I would absolutely do the antibiotics because you can work on restoring a gut system. No problemo. You don't want to have to do it if you can at all avoid it, because as we see, your entire body hinges on the health of your gut system. But if you're dead, <laughs> there's no gut system to restore. So you know, you just have to weigh your options. And I just think it's not talked about enough. Um, Camille also, when she had some dental work done, um, we talked with a doctor who is, um, very pro not using antibiotics, but she felt in this situation that, that it really, she was like, this is one of the one times, the only times that I would say we should probably use antibiotics. So we did. And it was a couple years later, something was going on. And I thought, how come I was like, Camille gets sick. And, and why, you know, why, why, why does she get sick? The others don't, or if it's a cold that comes through the house, she gets it first, she gets it worst and she gets it the longest and everybody else is like over and done. And I thought, what is different about her? You know, everybody's birth was the same. And then I thought, Oh, the only thing that's ever been different is she had the antibiotics. So we have been, of course, working long and hard to try to restore, um, you know, any, any way that we can right now that comes in the form of gaps, but you know, it's just, just a, a personal experience to see that it doesn't take much. And that was several years after, and we were still seeing the effects. And the only way I was able to compare and contrast is that she's the only one of our kids that has ever had any medication. Um, and she had it the one time. And so I was able to actually see the marked difference. Um, there's another, uh, for some reason, highly controversial topic, which is vaccination. Um, all right, let me see what I can say here without um, getting our podcast deleted and my Facebook removed. Um, the authors of the book, we'll just talk about the authors of the book. They did their own research. They did quite a lot of research. Um, they decided to to choose, they chose not to vaccinate. And before you jump down their throats and say, wow, Dr. Mom seems like you're a Google scholar, bear in mind that, um, people who make this decision and it includes one of these authors is a doctor. So, but, um, people who make these decisions do not come to them lightly or casually. And it's not based on a meme on Facebook and, you know, Putin didn't tell them to do it or whatever. Um, they have typically done more study on vaccines than 
you know, 12 doctors combined. And that information comes from the doctors themselves who have said repeatedly, you know, we had a half a day of study on vaccines and it was primarily on techniques, how to deal with parents who don't want to give it to their kids. Um, so, and, and these parents who are deciding against it, they can typically rattle off the ingredients to you and tell you where the ingredients are sourced and why they can't use them. You know, there's everything from religious reasons, you know, using, um, portions of killed children in certain pharmaceuticals to just things that people are highly allergic to and everybody has their reasons. So, and then the same with somebody who decides to give their child a vaccination, there's no, like, don't jump down their throat either. And they are also doing their own research, hopefully. And, um, you know, you just, just, I think a lot more grace needs to be given on both sides. Um, you know, you don't need to call people sheep and stupid and things if they do things that they see online or that, that their doctor tells them. And you also don't need to call them names if they choose not to. I think it goes both ways. So um, the doctors and the authors of this book decided not to use them. They use high standards of nutrition and other things that we have already seen are proven to boost your immune system. Um, it's a really personal matter. Uh, somebody needs to do their own research. Um, and there's a lot of research out there that you can do. And there's not um, as much transparency as we would hope for, but um, you definitely can do your own study. So um, there's different disorders um, and diseases of our immune system. Um, and we'll just list these and then move on to the final section. So immunodeficiency disorders, autoimmune disorders, allergic disorders, and cancers of the immune system are all Im um, immune system not functioning in some way. Welcome, Sabrina. Happy to see you. <laughs> um, I hope if you are really in the flow of getting something done, we didn't interrupt you, but um, we just missed you. I missed you. So <laughs> I'm glad you're here. So um, yes, you can boost your immune system. I know, like we said in the beginning, there are some people posting on Twitter that you cannot. And I think the if, if I were to speculate, which speculating is a terrible idea, but if I were to speculate, I would say it's because they are trying to make sure that you don't um, just throw a handful of kale at your face and then, you know, not do anything to protect your immune system. Um, I like to think that they have good intentions and that they just don't want people being like, oh, well, then if I just eat a Twinkie and kale, I'll be fine, you know, but you can boost your immune system. Um, understanding how your immune system works is the first step. Just like we broke down every other system in the body, the cardiovascular system and all of this, you know, it's important to know that your immune system has a way of working and a way of functioning, because then you can say, well, if the piston needs to go this way, what do I need to do? Maybe I need to grease the piston. That would help, right? So once you know how it works, you can um, really see why it is possible to boost or destroy it. Um, so you want to learn how to make a sluggish immune system better or make an overactive immune system calm down. What's an overactive immune system? You're allergic to the air you breathe, right? Like allergic to everything. And <laughs> Colleen's raising your eyebrows at me. Um, and so there, there's no one 
nutrient that completely controls your immune system. As you guys saw, we go through all these different things. Oh, if you have folate this, and if you have, you know, um, a vitamin C that and vitamin A that and everything kind of works together. Your whole body system works together. Right. Um, but there are some that have a big impact on our immune system. That's good to be aware of. And also to keep on hand in case you need to boost it. So do I even need to say the first one? Probably not. <laughs> um, vitamin C. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. So there's tons of ways you can get vitamin C. Um, the ways we have in our house right now, other than food sources, um, we have a chewable tablet that is fantastic. We have a like a capsule, not a capsule. It's it's a tablet, but um, so you, it's one you just swallow, like you don't have to chew it or anything. And then I also found this. Um, drink you can scoop like a fizzy kind of a vitamin c drink um i forget what the brand is on that one the other ones are young living but i forget what the brand was on that one but um uh so you can get chewable tablets vitamin c is the top uh supplement marketed and sold shocker no shocker it does pop up a lot as you guys saw it pop up a lot for a lot of these different body systems but you want to look for whole food sourced vitamin C and it may be labeled as ascorbic acid, but as long as it's derived from a whole food source, it's a good choice. It's, it's really hard to take too much vitamin C. You have to be trying. <laughs> it's hard to take too much vitamin C and with some nutrients, if you overdose on them, you have really negative side effects with vitamin C. If you overdose on it, you know, immediately because you basically have diarrhea. <laughs> your body is like, Oh, excess of this too much of a good thing. And it just starts to bucket it out of your, out of your um, digestive system. So you, you're not harmed. Um, you would know <laughs> immediately. Um, so it's also a good idea if you're trying to get tons of vitamin C in your body, spread it out over the course of the day. So your body has time to absorb it. So you're not just throwing it all at it all at once. Um, Zinc, obvious. This is good to take in a whole food multivitamin. So zinc is seen functioning in the immune system in proper T cell function and proper lymphocyte activity. It is also involved in antibody production to help fight infection. And it helps to keep our thymus going <laughs> if we have one, which some of us don't. <laughs> so zinc... <laughs> Oh, and Elaine, and you were the one who got wiped out of all of us. So I'm so sorry. Um, but zinc and vitamin C, but seriously, you rebounded out of it so quickly. You really had your system down. I mean, you were, you were out for less time than people I know who have colds. I came from, I, I, I'm going to say that for a hundred times, if you come from a place of strength, then you rebound faster. If you already have a lot of money in your bank account, then would you have to buy new tires? You still have money left in your bank account. Right. Like you lost a lot of money, but you're, you're not totally destitute. Okay. You're just think of ourselves as a bank account. Um, uh, Elenolic. Am I saying this properly? Um, Q, can you check for me? Elenolic acid. 
So this is something you can find in olive leaf. I wonder if it's in the olive supplement. Um, it's also found in the Ningxia wolfberry. So, um, sorry, Colleen. <laughs> olive leaves for you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's known um, for antiviral capabilities, this compound specifically. So a uh, major American pharmaceutical um, company studied this compound in the olive leaf for its ability to fight viruses. So Deborah Rayburn um, reports by the late 1960s, this company had proved that it could stop every virus it tested against, but found that while safe in large doses, the alanolic acid when separate separated from the rest of the herb would attach itself to blood proteins, making it useless in humans. Olive leaf extract only became available in the U S in 95. So the mechanism itself, the way it works against viruses is not known. She says here that there was no virus it could not overcome. That blows my mind. I don't know why this isn't a headliner, but there is no doubt elanolic acid works against all known viruses. Um, Elaine, that's your people right there. Talk about extending the olive branch. Jeez. <laughs> Literally, I can't find anything that tells you how to pronounce it, but I think you're close enough to it. Okay. I, I'm not trying to go to Elena Lich, you know, could not trying to make it too crazy here. <laughs> so a good supplementation program can be targeted to kill germs and support your immune system. Um, and then beta glucans, these are a nutraceutical that help build white cells and they increase the macrophage activity. So that's the consumption of the pathogens. It's God, so funny. It says common in many foods, including cantaloupe and oats. I don't know why. That's just like a weird thing to see side by side. Cantaloupe, oats. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I like them both. Beta glucans have been researched for over 60 years. And the evidence shows that a beta glucans ability includes lowering cholesterol, dramatically reducing septic morbidity from infections, enhanced macrophage activity, and accelerated wound healing. So, you know, just slap cantaloupe on it. It's a powerful antiviral and antibacterial agent safe in large doses. It says common in many foods, but what other foods besides cantaloupe and oats? And then of course there's herbs. There's only three listed here, but I'll just give them to you as it's the last thing in this chapter. So echinacea, duh, <laughs> everybody's like, yeah. Um, this stimulates the white blood cells of the immune system into action. All right, now I'm almost done. Um, so people say at the first sign of symptoms, and always say the first sign of symptoms is when you think it is, and then you deny it. And you're like, no. If you can catch something right there before the next morning you wake up and you're like, oh, yes. You know, if you can catch it when you go, no, no, I don't. If you catch it right there, almost every time I feel like I don't actually have, I never produce any actual symptoms after that. So a blast of super high quality echinacea is often enough to stop an illness dead in its track. Should not be taken as a tonic herb on a daily basis because our body does grow accustomed to the echinacea herb. Then of course you have cat's claw. This is renowned because it also boosts that macrophage activity, which remember is eating the pathogens. And it is also reported to have many anti-cancer effects. 
was not aware of that, but it's good to know. In this world of petrochemicals, I just need all of it. It, it is reported to possess tremendous anti-inflammatory properties and has the ability to boost phagocytosis. This is again, the phagocytes ability to eat pathogens. So um, it's also being researched for um, we're fighting against leukemia. So that's interesting. And astragalus, this is an immune calming herb. So it's beneficial for anybody suffering from an autoimmune condition of which there are many mysterious autoimmune conditions, which is bizarre because we live in a time where we're being told that the immune system is completely and so perfectly understood that we can inject cancer cells into somebody and trust that they will be completely consumed and no issues will, will um, ever occur after that. And yet we live in a time where we have rafts of people suffering from mysterious, unknown, unexplainable autoimmune, um, diseases. So we don't understand it as well as we should. Okay. That is everything on this chapter, kind of a long night, but also well worth it. Your immune recipe is a mixed berry salad, a cup of blueberries because they're high on the ORAC scale and a cup of blackberries because they help capture free radicals and they prevent damage to Sabrina's favorite organ, the liver, a cup of fresh raspberries, fiber, selenium, vitamin C, and a cup of sliced strawberries, folate, vitamin C, and potassium. Put those in a bowl, drizzle them with raw blue agave or raw honey or grade B maple syrup. Let it sit overnight. And then in the morning, put it onto a bowl of um, unpasteurized kefir or yogurt. Sounds very Sally Fallon, except she would probably tell you to have a, like a teaspoon of each fruit. <laughs> Anybody have anything else that they want to throw out there? Any, um, you know, word pronunciations or roots that you figured out? See, there's four things in the chat. So let me pull this up really quick. Oh, Elaine, uh, number of foods with the L-elanolic. Was this the elanolic acid? No, uh, number of foods high in beta-glucan, including barley fiber. Okay. Oats and whole grains, reishi, maitake, and shiitake mushrooms, seaweed and algae. Yum. So stir fry. Uh, you can get drinks with the reishi and whatnot, like powder. We have one. It's pretty good. Just add it to the, um, what does Hannah call those? Maca mochas. <laughs> we add them to the maca mochas, which is just uh, raw cacao and maca powder and raw milk, basically. Um, okay. Anything else? Are we all drinking water? Colleen's reminding me. Drinking water, drinking water. Claudia's nodding. Okay. Elaine's drinking water. Oh, Sabrina's got her water. Camille and mom, I'm going to assume you guys have water since I can't see you on camera. Chris. Well, Leslie popped on earlier and she was, she had her mason jar of water. She was. Oh, drinking. perfect. Perfect. Okay. We're all drinking water. This is fantastic. Yep. There they oh, are. Yeah, there they are. They got their waters. <laughs> yeah. Keep that lymphatic system going. Um, I'm definitely asking Nicole for my next, um, session that I do. I want to do the lymphatic drainage because I'm doing the uh, colon cleanse right now. And I asked her, do you think it's a good idea to do this during a cleanse? And she said, uh, yeah, definitely. Because you're trying to get everything working through your system and out 
out, out, out. So um, a thought if you're going to do a cleanse, why not? Uh, especially if you're doing that petrochemical detox, that'd be a good time to do it, you know, on your legs and everything goes up like towards your, like, you know, you start from the ankles and go up, you know, go up towards the, where all the systems are to process, process the waste plant. There's an amazing yoga. I don't know what it's called. It's a yoga um, position where you literally sit on the wall, feet up, butt up against the wall and feet up and you sit like that. And you can actually put like a, a yoga block under your butt too. And what that does is it drains all the lymphatic liquid out of your legs into your body to help your body process it out. But it also brings a lot of calm and peace to the body too. Yeah. Any inversion is very, very calming and we don't do enough inversions. We are up with our feet beneath us all day and we rarely rarely invert with our feet over our head or our feet higher than the heart. Even, even if somebody sits down on a couch to watch TV, maybe they'll put their feet up, but they'll still have their body up. And then their legs, you know, will like come out on the couch. So rarely does our feet get higher than our head. It's very beneficial. And as you say, very, very calming. So yeah, um, you can actually uh, just lay in the middle of the floor with a block under your hips and your legs straight up the block under your hips will keep your legs upright and just kind of suspend your legs um, or, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend a headstand as it's a really good way to hurt your neck, but, um, you know, a handstand by the wall or something. Can we say you might enjoy cypress, lemongrass and tangerine? I would definitely, session? yeah, I would definitely say, and grapefruit. I would also say, um, dry brushing is lymph stimulation. So, and, uh, guasa, I think is how you say it. That's also lymph stimulation. Um, and as Nicole taught us, you don't have a fancy, fancy, schmancy guasa scraper. You can use a spoon. So um, you can do those. Yeah, how, about right? the, how about the jade roller? Yes. Yep. That's also limb stimulation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You could roll anywhere on your body. Um, or sitting in a jetted tub. Uh, I do miss that. <laughs> I already know where I want the new jetted tub to go. <laughs> I, I have come to realize I can't live without a sauna or a jetted tub. So that's, <laughs> that's what it's like to be exposed to nice things. <laughs> now, now I'm like, oh, now I'm ruined. I can't not have a jetted tub, but I don't have a jetted tub anymore, but I will again one day. But that's a good limb stimulation. Um, or like a whirlpool, I guess they're called. You know, patients will go and sit in whirlpools and it's good for them, probably for that reason. Any kind of physical movement. So like Claudia loves to go walking and biking. So that's moving that lymph fluid through your body. I'm sitting down doing stretches. Claudia, I know you don't do yoga, but any form of stretches, especially because you have lymph nodes around your hips. So a lot of people say, oh, when we do hip opening exercises, I get really emotional and irritable and things like that. And um, a lot of that's because you're moving all that fluid around your hips that doesn't necessarily get moved so much. So uh, all kinds of different stretches, um, therapeutic for that. Um. And just like weightlifting, of course, which I know you do. That's another good one. I I would say something else that's not really like 
here's the thing to drain them, but here's a good thing to help prevent blockage. Um, not wearing wired bras. Oh, yeah. That is a really good one. Everybody's like, all I can think about is how I just put, I just got these new like sports bras that are just like, they're just all one piece and they're not tight and they don't must have be any nice. Bring it up. Must be like, nice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite as um, large up there. <laughs> wow, nice lymph nodes. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's true. I'm actually going without a bra at all is super beneficial. Um, or yeah, yeah, those lacy soft ones. All right. Sounds like my, my, uh, crew is descending into chaos. So I am off to the races and so grateful for all of you helping me create this. Can you wait just about two more? Where are your clothes? Two more minutes, please. Okay. Well, I'll come downstairs and regulate. Just give me a second. I got to um, end the call before everybody knows how um, traumatizing it is to watch a movie. <laughs> So uh, thank you for helping me make this recording. Um, cue on the lookout. Look at, why is that cat in here? Looking things up as always. Which cat is that? Is that Tom? I don't even know. I live in a zoo. <laughs> okay, everybody have an awesome, awesome night and uh, drink water, boost your immune system. Look up lymphatic drainage on YouTube. There's a thousand videos. Um, look up like a lymphatic pump, you know, for the skull, for the ears, things like that. Very beneficial and find a willing victim to practice it on. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everyone. I'll see you on Monday, if not before. Bye. Bye.